0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Franchise Interviews on Blog Talk Radio, where we're asking the entrepreneur who owns one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, with my co host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed about owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. Today, we have a great show. We're meeting with the Vice President of Franchise Development for LA Sunset Tan, Mark Kickenup. And L.A. Sunset Tan is redefining the Bronze Age by introducing the world to the most luxurious and innovative tanning concept ever experienced. And that's coming up in segment two of Franchise Interviews on Blog Talk Radio. Our first segment is being brought to you by Franchise Interviews, LLC. And Franchise Interviews gives an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get inside tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising our weekly franchise radio show on blog talk radio where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors franchisees franchise authors franchise experts and franchise attorneys and our monthly franchise newsletter which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise and don welcome back to another edition of franchise interviews on blog talk radio march six how's your day going my friend
0: going fine marty how are you how are things good, going? good good
1: still getting off a high i think from last week's uh... Interview with michael gerber
0: yeah they don't get much better than that <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> not, you know. It's uh it, it was a fantastic experience, you know. Any uh any thoughts on last week's show? Where do we begin?
0: Well, I mean, you know, my thoughts are when you hang up and it seems like I'm back in college and he's like the professor. Sure. And he's uh, I mean, it's just incredible the stuff he's done and what's even more incredible is, you know, some of the new stuff he's coming out with, the book, uh what's that awakening the or within? Within, yeah. I mean, it's amazing how he can just take any entrepreneur and, you know, really, you know, take him to a whole nother level, I guess, is what the goal is of and is uh, what the in, in the Dreaming Room is all about. Right. He absolutely. told some great stories, just a great interview. You know, I can talk to him for like five hours straight.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you uh, compared him to, like, a, a wise grandfather, you know. It's, uh, right. I don't know if he'd like that too much, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, here he is hitting 70 years old, you know, and I think he's just, uh, it's almost like he's just beginning his life all over again, you know. I mean, you can hear the enthusiasm in his voice as he's talking about this whole concept in the Dreaming Room, and his new book, which is, uh, uh, you know, I mentioned to you, and I know you have it as well, the manuscript. Right. Which is just fantastic, you know. I mean, I, I pretty much read right through it
0: yeah i mean any, any business owner entrepreneur whatever i mean it's uh, it, i mean it's definitely must reading
1: absolutely you know the dreaming room, just a couple uh things to go over Don you know is if you missed last week's show it's a kind of like a blank piece of paper in the beginner's mind it's a chance as Michael said to really create something incredible and um he used the word carpe diem you know he spoke a little bit about the uh Great movie, Dead Poet Society. You know, a chance to really seize the day. And the way the Dreaming Room works is, it's actually like a two and a half day. It's not a conference or a seminar. You know, it's it's, uh, right. uh, it's this just chance to really create something uh, incredible and uh, spectacular. You know, so right.
0: well, uh, well. What's his purpose? Uh, to transform the lives of ordinary people by providing them with the thrill of creation while creating the means to generate their own and others' economic freedom.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's pretty you big know. purpose, yeah. And he really said anyone can attend this event. You know, I think you asked him a great question. You know, right. Who should, you know, come to something like this? And he really said anyone, you know. Um, right. You know, it, uh, it's just very, very motivational, inspirational. If. You missed the interview. You know, go back and listen to it on the archives. And uh, again, Michael just wrote a new book, Awakening the Entrepreneur Within: How Ordinary People Create Extraordinary Companies Without Any Experience to Guide Them. And what Michael was talking about, Don, was he had two entrepreneurial awakenings in his lifetime. Uh, first time when he wrote uh, the book The E Myth, and he was telling that great story, uh, and, he, and he refers to it in his new book. A uh, story with this guy, Arnie, where he was uh, kind of going someplace with uh, his friend who was a business consultant, and he mm-hmm. leaves Michael alone with this other guy. And, uh, you know, the guy says, well, how can you help me? And Michael's like, well, I can't. I, I don't know anything about business. Right. And uh, they just started talking with each other, you know. And and after that one-hour conversation, Michael felt, I guess, invigorated. And
0: uh, right. he had this
1: awakening, you know. And he had it again at 70 years old when uh, he had that conversation with his mom, you know, and here he is 71 now, actually. Right. And his 95-year-old mother uh, inspires him to say, you know what, you had all this success with the E-Myth, you know, why don't you go out and do it again? Right. And he says, why don't I? (laughs) Right. (laughs) here he is, you know, so uh, I'm looking for, I'm hoping that he's coming to, like, the Philadelphia area uh, where I can actually, you know, for the first time get to meet him, you know, because I've been following him for such a long time now. And it was interesting because when we first started the radio show, I was interviewed by uh, I was the Eastern Pennsylvania Business Journal, and the woman asked me, she said, you know, who would you like to interview the most? You know, I said Michael Gerber, and uh, right, you and I have interviewed him twice so far on the radio show. You know, right. so it's just been uh, it's just been such an incredible experience to speak to someone like that. You know, and again, we'll have to have him back next year. You know, Definitely, show and just keep following
0: what he's doing, but. Uh, very yeah, because we'll always learn something new every time we have them on.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've listened to the show several times over, you know, since we've had them, because, you know, it just went by so fast for me. Right. You know, so. Uh, As you know, I,
0: I don't like listening to past shows. No, you I, don't. I don't like hearing myself, but that <laughs> one I'm going to listen to. <laughs> yeah,
1: you have to listen to that one. Yeah, it that,
0: was, that, that one's a must.
1: One of our finer moments, you know, so uh, absolutely. So it was great. But um, I know we have, uh, what do we have going on today? Uh, I know there's some things going on over the next month or so.
0: Yeah, well, today we're meeting with the VP of Franchise Development for L.A. Sunset Tan Franchise, Mark Kickenap.
1: Which is another, you know, this is a big show. I mean, Mark has been involved in franchising a very long time. I've had the opportunity of speaking to him on several occasions, and I think he's been involved in franchising over 25 years now, Don. And right. uh, this, is, this is an exciting show as well. I mean, my wife uh, was such a big fan of uh, this show, L.A. Sunset Tan. I didn't realize in my research, I mean, this was the number one show on the E! Channel. Right. Um and I think they had us it's like something like over thirty million uh viewers to right. the show. I mean that's more than our radio show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, a few more, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's pretty big. I mean it's it's uh so I'm sure Mark is excited about this this, you know, whole point of his life as well, you know, working with these guys and uh Right. Uh so it should be interesting. So I'm looking forward to getting to speak to Mark about that. Yeah,
0: excited to hear all about that and as usual we got a bunch of stuff lined up and the- coming months, and about a month from now, we got the big franchise show down in uh, Washington, D.C., the IFE. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? I mean, it's just yeah. I think we
1: saw some of the lists as far as, like, who's going to be down there, you know? And uh, right. again, for our listeners listening to the show, I mean, it's really it's a wonderful event. You know, if you are considering looking to buy a franchise, go down to the show in Washington, D.C. It's just uh, a wonderful experience. And that usually, it was a run's done, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? Right, three days. It's a three-day event. So you're on your feet a long time, aren't you, That's 3 days.
0: By Sunday, I really (laughs) would rather maybe be hitting the road by then, but that's the way it goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll be down there the one day. Uh, I think I'll be down there on that Saturday morning, you know, and uh, uh, again, you know, I feel the same way. By the end of the day, I'm just exhausted, you know, just walking around, and you don't get to speak to everyone you'd like to speak to. I mean, there's over, what is it, 300 exhibitors? At these shows. Right, including suppliers,
0: at least a a couple of hundred, uh, uh, of course, franchises.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: And across the board, all industries, a lot of variety, low investment, high, and everything in between. Absolutely. You know, and again, I always say I've
1: said it a dozen times. You know, don't eat breakfast that day. You know, you could just go there, and uh, there's going to be so much food. you know. almost you
0: know. positive, LA Sunset Tan's going to be there too.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! That's great. You know, I'd love to you know meet those guys in person. You know, and uh, I think Nancy, uh, not, is it Nancy? The was uh, a nice woman that we had on the show um, that wrote the book uh, for Franchise Times. Uh, yeah, Julie guy, Bennett. That's right, Julie Bennett. Guy Her middle name's Nancy. Is it? Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> As the guide to selecting, buying, and owning a franchise. And I'm actually
0: looking at the book right now on my bookshelf. But uh, Yeah, I met her at the IFA Orlando show a few weeks back. Very nice woman.
1: Oh, did you meet her? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me that.
0: Yeah, uh, I spoke to her a little bit because cause, uh, we already had her on the show at that point. Right, right. So we talked about a few things.
1: Oh, good. That's yeah. great. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting her and. uh getting her to sign that book for me, you know, so, uh, that should be fantastic. I think she's doing a presentation down there as well. There's a lot of these, like, free seminars and things like right. that, so, uh...
0: Yeah, nice, I mean, you know, besides seeing some of the franchises, uh, just a good source of getting information. Absolutely. A lot of different magazines and publications and, uh...
1: Just walking in at the beginning, you know, when you get all that literature, I mean, it just, right. uh, you know, typically when I go down there, I'll take the train, you know, and, uh... I'll read it on the way back, you know. I mean, there's just so much information in there, so uh, right, just a great time. Here's an interesting article, Don. Um, it's, uh, it's called Shake It Up, How to Embrace Change, and uh, it's from Small Business Online, and it's written by Matt uh, McClellan, and website address is sbnonline.com. And uh, this is about the CEO of uh, Rita's and his advice. And I'd like to have those guys on the show eventually as well. They're from this part of uh, the country where I am. Right in your area, yeah. They are, you know, so they're pretty close. I'd love to have them on the show. Um, It says, Jim Rudolph doesn't just want to solve problems, he wants to fix them. The chairman and CEO of Rita's Water Ice Franchising Company, LLC, says the difference between simply solving a problem and really fixing it can be the difference between a successful business and an unsuccessful one. And he gives a great example. He says, for instance, if a restaurant serves you a bad meal, then picks up the check, it solved the problem. However, the next guest may get a bad meal, too. So, <clears throat> because the problem hasn't been fixed. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Right. You know, I mean, that's probably happened to all of us. You know, we've been to a restaurant and uh, we got a bad meal and, you know, they, uh, they pick up the check. But you know what? Yes, it may happen again. So, you know, and these things happen even though a franchise is a system. You know, these, these things do happen, you know, so you do have to know how to handle the situation. You want to be able to uh, be a problem solver as well. Good point, yeah. Yeah, it says, um, Rudolph developed this philosophy during his years as a franchisee when beginning in 1976, his family developed and operated, listen to this, 47 Wendy's stores in the greater Pittsburgh area. And uh, that experience helped him lead Rita's, an Italian ice chain to exponential growth. And today, Rita's has more than 470 locations. They're in 15 states and revenue of more than $240 million. They're really big out here. I I suspect they're pretty big where you are in Jersey, too, not being that far away.
0: Yeah, very popular. You
1: know, but uh, my wife is just such a big fan of Rita's. You know, she's just always wanting to go there, and the place is always packed. Uh, It says, Smart Business spoke with Rudolph about why he wants his employees to be like turtles. Uh, He says, be a risk taker. When you think of a turtle, you think of an animal that moves slow. That's true. But we have another understanding of the turtle. In our opinion, a turtle is an animal that takes a risk. Every time they stick their head out, they're taking a risk. Um, He also mentions to challenge your employees. You have to make your employees feel like they're part of the whole experience. Today, particularly, people want to be given a reason for why they do what they do. You know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it can't just be about money you know, to to, to do a job. You know, you want to inspire and uh, motivate your staff. He says, get the facts, then sell the concept. I have a tremendous commitment to people. He actually learned this. He says from Dave Thomas early on. He used to tell us, you're not in the hamburger business, you're in the people business. And that's absolutely the key, and I say that every single day. People are the most important asset, and without them, we're not going to make it. So you need to think, what do I really need to do to help my people. You know, so, you know, the article goes on. It talks about embracing change and things like that. And, uh, uh, you know, but these things, even though a franchise is a system, it does occur, you know, I mean, where you still have to be able to uh, motivate your employees and inspire them to do an exceptional job, you know, so very important.
0: Real practical advice, keeping things simple.
1: Sure, absolutely, it makes a lot of sense, you know. Yeah. So uh, I just thought that was a great article, you know, to kind of uh, that kind of caught my attention. And uh, I know you had some interesting ones as well.
0: Yeah, we like to always uh, quote information from Fran data. Here's something uh, I guess dated about a month ago: franchise development challenges in 2008, against the background. Of greater economic uncertainty in 2008, will franchise development become more difficult? It says here, in a word, yes. To be clear, the franchise business model is alive, well, and growing. This decade's accelerating growth in units and expansion of companies embracing the franchise business model are a testament to that. However, it appears that more challenging times are awaiting us in 2008. Here are some of the reasons why and suggestions what franchisors can do about it. The first one, Marty, is availability of financing. I know this firsthand from being in the business. Right. The franchise community is significantly fueled by the ability and willingness of banks to provide debt capital to franchisees. Most banks still have the ability, however their willingness in the form of tight and underwriting criteria has changed. In the past 12 months we have seen significant changes to loan to value ratios, collateral requirements. And cash flow coverage ratios. We've seen more of the change in the last uh, three, four months. Not quite going back a year. Right, right. Uh, banks are increasing their due diligence, not just on the franchisee borrowing, but also on the franchisor and franchise system. Uh, in face of more adjustments, as bank credit departments assess changing risk profile. Here's what franchisors should do, and it um, you know talks about a couple of things there. But you know, basically, that the, you know the challenge is financing. Mm-hmm. And financing is always important right. in the whole scope of things, just not for the franchisee, but sometimes a franchise or system looking for, for, for growth capital and so forth. Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, the next one uh, is competitive challenges. Uh, in addition to, uh, to credit challenges, there are a couple of longer-term trends that also will be influence franchise development in 2008. Mm. It says more franchise brands are competing for franchisees
1: that makes sense. I mean, that's a pretty big one, isn't it, if you right. think about it? You know, I mean, there there is uh, a limited market of <laughs> franchisees, you know, I mean, and, and you're only going to get so many of them. I mean, they're all competing right. for uh, prospective franchisees. I mean, when someone says they're looking to buy a franchise, I mean, they'll typically narrow it down, I guess, on to like, what, five franchises. And right. From there, it's, you know, really whoever can either sell them the best on the concept, or you know, whatever they think is, is the best match, you know, for their their personality. So, sure, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's an important one.
0: Right. Next one is a new post baby boomer generation of franchisees is is emerging.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, more and more franchisees are multi unit operators. That's right. We've, we've
1: seen that a lot. You know, with a lot of the guests that we've had on the show. You know, um,
0: right. More people are going into franchising. With the goal right from the bat to open up three or five locations or signing multi-store deals, uh, we're seeing less of just opening up one franchise unit, uh, and that's it.
1: Right, absolutely. You know, that's kind of a personal thing, I think. You know, I'm I, you know, i always interested in people's opinion on that. You know, we've had mixed opinions on the show about the whole multi-unit versus single-unit um, uh, kind of strategy. You know, where should you buy? a single unit, find out, you know, it, you mentioned Julie early on, you know, she felt very strongly about that. Right. You should just buy that one single unit, find out if you like it, see if it's a match, you know, and if it is, you know, then expand, which I think kind of makes sense. Right. But then at the same point, you know, somebody else may take your territory, so.
0: Right, that's kind of a tough you decision. Know, has it is, it's it. a
1: very big decision. So I understand, you know, uh, you, you know, both sides of the coin, you know, they both have very good points, Yeah. Know, and,
0: It goes on, Marty, how does a franchisor stand out in in this more crowded and competitive environment? Think beyond just the appeal of the brand and and to performance measures like training, system stability, and unit performance that will stand out. That's a good
1: point. That's interesting, yeah.
0: Yeah, this applies even more to the incoming franchisee generation. Many boomers are starting to retire. Next up, the Generation X group, uh, who was born between 65 and 80. Mm -hmm. That's you. That's right. Me me, me and you were in uh you know different um
1: That's right. We just missed, don't we?
0: Yeah, yeah right. we're on baby boomer born in 63. There you go. Uh it is considerably smaller than the boomer group. However, beyond the generation X group is the Gen Y or or uh what what they call millennial group, right, which yeah. is even larger than the boomer group and just hitting stride in the workforce.
1: Yeah, and this group is interesting too. We've actually, I don't know if you remember that, I mean we've had so many shows up to this point. I think this is probably Like our 60th or 61st show. We actually had a show. We spoke a little bit about uh, Generation Y. And in fact, it was with when we had Michael Gerber on the first time because we asked him about it. You know, this group is interesting with uh, uh, technology. They're very comfortable with technology. So Generation Y offers a lot of opportunity. Right. uh, You know, to franchisors. I think they make, you know, a lot of times they'll make great franchisees. The learning curve may not be, um, as bad, you know, as, as, as somebody who's a little older, it takes them a little longer sometimes, I think, to learn things. You know, and when we had Joe Matthews on the uh, right. show uh, a long time ago, he, he mentioned that, I remember.
0: He wrote Street Smart Franchising, and yeah, I mean, Fair I think book, that that's yeah. interesting. I think the average age of people owning a franchise is going to be coming down slightly over right. the next few years because more and more younger people you know, getting into franchising because it's just become so big and so diverse, so many different industries and types of businesses. We've seen it,
1: too, you know. I mean, uh, I've, even articles that you and I have mentioned, I think it was just several weeks ago, we we spoke about a, a younger gentleman, you know, uh, right. buying a franchise opportunity, you know, in his young 20s. I mean, that, that's incredible to me. That,
0: we even talked about some younger people who are starting up a franchise system, becoming a franchisor.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so... It's interesting. Here's something, Marty, from the News Journal out of Wilmington, Delaware. Kids' Party Venue Gets Off to Jumpstart, written by Eric Ruth yeah, at a new point. says here, at first blush, Frank Papillo's new franchise new franchise, doesn't sound like the most pleasant sort of business to be in. Most of the customers have little money. Uh, some of them are inclined <laughs> to throw tantrums. In fact, none of them have jobs. Could you imagine? What type of clientele is that? Exactly. And it says that that's just the way he likes it. The entrepreneurial contractor has a hunch that there's plenty of potential for profit in little kids, especially in an age where parents are constantly seeking ways to keep youngsters safely occupied and off the sofa at Papillo's pump-it-up party venue. They can actually get a little exercise. Uh, It says they're slyly disguised as fun as they slide, squirm, and squeeze their way through a series of gargantuan inflated play structures
1: right right
0: for oh, parents the so. state's first pump it up means another birthday party option for papillo it means a potentially fulfilling new career after spending years hammering away in the local construction business
1: that's so
0: even beautiful. so going from buildings to the blow up amusement business did prove to be more complicated than the forty two year old imagined especially when he encountered a less than cooperative permit process tired of fighting county officials he finally found a refuge in newport where things flowed far more smoothly towards today's grand opening. That's one thing the county doesn't rule on, common sense, he says. (laughs) Fellow is counting on the growing demand for child-friendly environment, I'm sorry, uh, child-friendly entertainment options to sustain his enterprise based on a franchise model with 170-some locations around the country. In recent years, Delaware has gained a growing assortment of child-related businesses, from cooking academies to child spas. Such businesses made up just 3% of US franchises in two thousand five, but have posted growth of about thirty six percent since two thousand three according to the International Franchise Association. Uh, Yeah, it says here going on with the help of Sister Jody Richens, a former marketing executive with MBNA Corp, Papillo determined that the children's party business was the the best bet. Pump it up, the parties are private, all our groups and kept separate, uh, uh preventing Cross party squabbles and other forms of kitty chaos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's something, huh? Well, again, you know, that's, that would be something that's not for everybody, that's for sure, you know? Right. Uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, uh, you know, if you would enjoy working in that kind of business. I don't know if you and I would be a good match for something like that, but, you know, right. but there's a lot of people out there that, yeah. It, it... Well, this talks
0: about the the uh, diversification that sure. we're just going over, and I'm a little familiar with this uh, franchise and financing a few franchisees in the past, and yeah, I mean it's a uh, interesting industry, very popular and growing, anything you know related to, to children's right. Oh,
1: certainly growing. Yeah, And you remember when we had uh it kind of reminds me of when we had Jungle Quest. Right. on the show, you know, was kind of uh taking advantage of that opportunity, you know. So, yeah. It's fantastic. I think it's a great article.
0: But, but it's interesting how you know, people have these these jobs and then go into a franchise with no type of experience, no prior business ownership and they become successful.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And why is that? Because they do their due diligence, choose the franchise they feel will be right for them, possibly get the help of a franchise consultant. They're getting all the training and support and everything, and their chance for failure with a franchise system is so much lower. And that's why people, you know, finally make that jump into franchising because of all that.
1: Absolutely. Well, today, Don, we have a great show. We're meeting with the Vice President of Franchise Development for L.A. Sunset Tan, Mark Kickenup. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Mark's been involved in franchising, not to date him, for over 25 years now. And uh, LA Sunset Tan Productions has been branding their name for over five years. And their reality show, which I mentioned to you that I'm a big fan of and my wife Connie's a big fan of, hit the number one spot on the E Network. With, uh, I believe it was over 30 million viewers, and LA Sunset Tan is redefining the Bronze Age by introducing the world to the most luxurious and innovative tanning concept ever experienced. Hey, Mark, good morning. Welcome to
2: the show. Good morning. Let me get out of the tanning bed here. I'm getting tanned this
1: morning. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you got a good life, Mark.
2: There you go. There you go. Even an old guy can be tanned. There you know? go.
1: <laughs> Mark, joining us is my co-host, Don Johnson of Diamond Financial. And I know, Don, you wanted to say hello to Mark.
0: Yeah, hey, Mark. Appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you know, Mark and I are really starting to become more familiar with your show. I was just down at the IFA show. Orlando got to meet someone from your company, and, uh, you know, we're very excited to have you on today.
2: Well, great. I'm looking forward to it.
1: That's fantastic. Well, Mark, we always like to start off asking where you're calling from today. Uh, it sounds like <laughs>
2: uh, you're in the tanning bed,
1: but uh, well, yeah, I'll clean that up <laughs> a little bit.
2: Uh, I'm actually here at uh, in my office here in Scottsdale, Arizona.
1: Oh, okay, good. That's fantastic. I know you've kind of been all over the United States over the last uh, several months. It sounds like you're back and forth from Jersey to California.
2: Oh California, Florida, I've been there twice already, but you know, we're starting to expand the brand here across the country and that means lots of frequent uh, flyer miles as you can imagine. That's
1: fantastic.
2: <laughs> we've we've had just such a great reception with it, uh, you know, it's I don't know of many franchises over my, actually 28 years now, guys. I was listening for oh. my generation earlier. and Right, uh, right. I was, uh, I'm, I'm ahead of one of you by about a year there. But, there you go. Uh, uh, but we've, uh, we've just had such a great reception with it, with the show and all. And, you know, I don't know of any franchises I've been involved in or around that has a TV show. So this has been an interesting uh, way to launch a business.
1: Oh, yeah. This is certainly, I guess, a unique situation. You know, Mark, probably as long as you've been in franchising, I guess something like this hasn't really happened before,
2: you know. Yeah, they only had black and white TV when I started. There you so, go. You know,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, quite a,
2: it's quite a difference now, but, you know, it is amazing, the the power of uh, of the television.
1: Sure, absolutely. And it absolutely. really is. And it's the show amazing. is fantastic, by the way. I mean, I've been a fan, uh, you know, my wife Connie's been a fan. I've been a fan from an entrepreneurial perspective of just watching the show, watching these two guys, you know, launch this business, and it was just a uh, uh it was just very interesting for me while well, my wife connie liked the uh the you know the stories you know uh-huh. just going on so just uh... really great i know d- I know you've been in, um involved in franchising for some time mark how did you get involved in franchising
2: uh well it's it's i don't know if you've got enough time on the show here but uh <laughs> you know a lot of years ago I went to indiana university decided i didn't want to be in the midwest and moved out uh really to wyoming to purchase my uncle's business he had a window covering, storm doors, and awnings business, ended up being the family, I call it like the family nightmare, all the cousins <laughs> wanted to get into the business, and I said, this isn't going to work, I don't want to go to corporate America, and this is back in, got 74, 75, 76, yeah. and uh, somebody said, well, why don't you be a fireman, and I said, a fireman? Right. And I said, well, you work 10 days, you've got 20 off, and everybody seems to have started their own business, so I said, bingo, I'll try that, so. Got into the fire department, um, had an installation business. Uh, we did draperies and carpet and stuff like that. And my number one customer in Casper, Wyoming, which was the only franchise west of the Mississippi, was a decorating den. You guys have probably heard of that sure, before. He's been around for, God, 40 years now. And um, he was going to sell the business. And I said, my God, you're my top customer. I'll buy the business. Right. So, my entree into franchising was a home furnishings business with decorating den and being a fireman 10 days a month. And that didn't, you know, you guys are in the finance business. And here I was, a blue collar kid from Chicago, no money. And I needed a lot. And so I ended up building a home uh, myself, found a lot, got the equity in it, and went to the SBA in 19, 18, or, see, 1983. When the interest rates were 18.5%. Wow. And uh, purchased my first business by building a house so I'd have equity and an asset to get into it. And That's fantastic. Kind of the rest is history. Uh, sold that in Casper after about five years, moved to Denver and kind of launched there in those days, was called the Master License Program. Right. And built out the uh, kind of the West Forum and then just kind of moved around from there. And really liked helping people get into the business as much as running it. Right. And spend some time with Decorating Den, uh, Sir Speedy, uh, a lot of different companies like that. The service brands uh, with Molly Maid uh, helped launch 1-800 Dry Clean and Mr. Handyman. There for them, and,
1: yeah, we've had them on the show actually. Yeah, yeah, and great
2: people. And uh, you just learn so much and see so much being a consultant in the business. And
1: absolutely.
2: One day the phone rang at uh, you guys may know Lane Fisher from yeah. uh, Philly. Right. Uh, very big attorney in the franchising business. And his friend Larry Rudolph from LA Sunset Tan, who was Britney Spears' ex manager, right. called him and said, We want a franchise. Who do you know? Exactly. And my phone rang, and I ended up out in LA. And That's fantastic. We started putting the building box blocks together, you know? That's terrific. Great.
0: Story. So, Mark, uh, I start, you, know, you said you're being a fireman. Uh, I'm sure fighting fires on the business side was probably just as rough. When you first started decorating, then that wasn't probably that was a, probably pretty tough adjustment taking all that on.
2: Well, you know, we talk a lot about matching people to the right concept and different things like that. And here you have a fireman that becomes a decorator, right? Right.
1: <laughs> and
2: uh, you know, I would have, you know, I don't think I'd have passed the profile test today. But you know, I was a businessman. <laughs> I hired decorators and managed them and uh, ran the business. But you're right. It, you know, the only thing about the business that wasn't life and death is my full time job was at that time.
0: So you've been in uh, franchising, obviously, a long time. What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen over the last uh, you know, 20 plus years, Mark?
2: Well, I mean, we've got to go to the internet, right? After Al Gore invented it for us, Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden the shows started going away, and uh, I think some of the biggest changes were is finding the people that wanted to buy a business. I'm sure you've had a few segments on this. Is you know, once the internet came out and all these things started happening, is how do you make that switch from standing in a booth 30 times a year shaking somebody's hand to, you know, trying to shake hands across the, the Internet electronically. Right. And, uh, you know, our group uh, here at Franchise Outsource, which is our uh, consulting company, mm-hmm. we've got 15 guys that look like they're 50 or 55 years old, and we like to think that 15 of us have made that transition and, and learned as well as we can how to communicate and work with people on the Internet. but. If I look at anything from a retail standpoint or even from the development side of helping people in the business, I think the Internet has by far been our biggest change. That's something. Yeah, it's you know, it, makes, uh, it can make small companies look big, which can sure. be a problem for people looking. You know, it's a lot of window dressing on companies that you've got to figure out what is behind those screens and get on a plane and go see people today, I think.
0: I Also, just the amount of franchise consultants out there, it's... It's been a pretty big change. All the different companies, people helping people rather than just being on their own. So you're right, Internet a good source of getting that initial information. Uh, but then where they go from there, I think the franchise consulting industry has been uh, you know pretty big. Cause
2: well, it's really amazing. I mean, I don't know. Have you guys tried to figure out how many consultant networks are out there now? Is there 25? Well, I've, uh, yeah,
0: Our company's provided financing. We're specialists in franchise financing, and uh, uh-huh. we've dealt with uh, I mean at least about six or seven. I'm sure there's a bunch right. more.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I'm counting some that are, you know, one or two Zs or, or three or four people. But, right, right. you know, some of these groups have upwards of 300, 350 people. So, you know, I'm looking at 1,000 consultants out there, probably talking to 30,000 people people a month, I would guess. Right, right. absolutely.
1: Have you been surprised about the the, uh, the the new types of concepts coming out, Mark? Like when you go to the shows, I'm always fascinated with some of the concepts that are out there. It's quite interesting.
2: I mean, that's a great point. You know, doing this for 25 years, and, you know, there as, as some of you know, there was a lot of shows going on out there, and you'd see these concepts. But what the IFA has been bringing in, what, two to 300 new members, probably exactly. on the average over right. the past five years. Right. Um, you know, and you think, well, how can there be a new concept? Haven't we franchised it all? And, boy, I was in California, and there sat a choo-choo engine. Did you see that? No, I didn't
1: see that. Yeah, it
2: was uh, you know it was a vehicle, but it was uh, kind of a long train, and they would take that. You were talking about children's uh, parties and things like that earlier. Right. And sure enough, this guy drives his train over to somebody's birthday party, and they drive around the neighborhood in that's it. That's incredible, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I heard about that, but didn't see it. Yeah, Yeah,
2: it was, you know, it, it, hopefully that's not a train wreck, what rating? had. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. So there you anyway. go. <laughs> couldn't help myself with that. But, you know, then I walked around the show, and you know, I was very interested to see there was an olive oil franchise. Have you seen no, that one? No, no. Well, you know, kind of like on the a show, wine Mark? store, except with high end olive oil. That's
0: incredible. Who have we had all, Marty? We've had uh, a rice pudding franchise.
1: Rice pudding, uh, peanut go. butter franchise. Yeah, we've had some interesting concepts since uh, starting the show, Mark. I mean, it's just been fascinating. We had uh, uh, Julie Bennett, who wrote the uh, the Franchise Times book, Guide to Selecting and uh, Buying a Franchise. Mm-hmm. She was telling us about a porta potty franchise uh, from Spain. I don't know if they were at the show. Uh, at, at the West Coast Expo but uh,
2: I didn't see them but you know it's that? a heck of a business I guess sure. you know if you can franchise haircutting you can franchise anything I right? guess so
1: it's like shes described it as like an upscale porta potty you know so I just said wow who would ever <laughs> think of something or how like about that? something
0: like one 1800 got junk which is pretty well known but you know right. that type of concept becomes a franchise you know really anything where uh, you know most could be franchised and be yeah, well, the
2: one that puts the biggest smile on my face is poop and scoop
0: yeah, that's right. yeah. I mean, them. come on,
2: <laughs> you know, I right. mean, you, yeah. you talk about the new concepts, and you know what, it's a heck of a service when it comes down to it. Absolutely, right. yeah, it is, it's a necessity, it's a great idea.
0: So how's your experience uh, been like at L.A. Sunset, 10 you've done so much before that started, I imagine it's really been a whirlwind since you got involved with it, Mark?
2: Well, you know, it really has, uh, you know, about the end of July, beginning of August, I was out there for some meetings and sat down with, uh, with the boys, talked to them a little bit, and they said, well, I think you're the right guy, so uh, you talk about baptism by fire, is we're sitting there in our meeting, and they asked me, what do you think about being on the television show? And I said, well, I've done speaking, right. I've made appearances, I'll probably survive. And they said, well, that's good, because they're currently filming in a West Hollywood store, and they want to introduce you to the show in 20 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: 20 minutes. Not 20 minutes. This oh, my a, God. This is a true story. This I saw that show, story.
1: by the way, Mark. Just oh, look. you did? Yeah, I'm did, sorry. Man. I'm yeah. sorry you had to go through <laughs> <just laughs> that. But,
2: but that's a, what you had seen was about 40 minutes of shooting for that five to six minute segment. That's
1: incredible. And with
2: 20 minutes notice, we went over there. You know, We drive into the driveway there. They take me out. They're miking me up. I'm signing release forms. Oh, and crazy. the cameras are rolling. It's just, what do you, what, what do you want me to do? Right, and I says go in there, do a store tour, and work work Nick over at the front counter. Let's go. That's incredible. And we walked in and really did shoot probably 30 to 40 minutes, uh, and that five or six minute segment came out. So That's amazing. Uh, that that was a new experience for me, sure. and uh, all of a sudden we're talking about franchising on TV. Um, you know, the one thing I like to point out about these guys is you've been around franchising long enough that entrepreneurs sometimes don't ask for help until they get in trouble.
1: Right, true.
2: And I I really think that, uh, you know, I'm fortunate they chose me to package this, but they went to look for a franchise professional to make a franchise out of their business, And, and I think a lot of franchisors miss that right that okay we're in the tanning business we know how to run a franchise well they have realized early that those are two different businesses
1: exactly
2: and uh you know i sit here every day and wonder what our next new surprise is going to be and our biggest surprise here just lately was that uh the e-channel themselves have become marketing partners with us in the franchise
1: that's fantastic.
2: Which is just huge because sure. now they benefit every time somebody takes a tan in a bed or somebody purchases a franchise.
1: Absolutely. They also,
2: uh, Devin and Jeff, the, the founders of the company, became executive producers this year. Oh, really? Which gives them you know more content control.
1: Right, right. So we're going to be
2: talking about the franchise here in 08. Uh, we start filming March 10th next week. And uh, we will be launching the premiere of Season 2, uh, I believe, on May 25th. That's great. Yep. And Now, I don't know if you've been paying a lot of attention to it. We've opened another company on store with George Maloof mm-hmm. uh, in the Palms New Tower. Yes. Yep. And we're going to be doing the big grand opening that will be filmed for TV on uh, May 31st there
0: for people listening it's on the e network and uh, what's the uh, uh you know the day of the week it's on mark
2: uh it'll be on sunday evenings uh, depending on your time zone you know seven eight o'clock in the evenings so. right right very interesting but you know I just bring that up because every time we turn around there's just something new going on i mean the the public relations of this fishman does our public relations in the franchise industry, and b w r is a, a p r firm uh, in the entertainment industry and You know, these are probably one of the first franchises I haven't had to do a lot of heavy Internet advertising or conventional advertising because of the show and the amount of press this gets. Very different lead.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very unique, like we've been speaking about. Yeah, I mean, and that, you know, I guess that saves a lot to the bottom line because, you know, very expensive, all that marketing and advertising, doing the trade shows. Our company exhibits at all the shows as well. Oh, boy,
1: yeah. Yeah, I remember Devin said um, in an interview, Mark, I guess he was saying that they were getting like franchise requests in over a dozen languages, you know, which I said, that's incredible. I mean, yeah, it makes is, sense, though. I mean, with, you know, 30 million viewers, you know, the number one show, it's uh, uh, you must be on the phone all day.
2: Well, I'm on the phone with several other people, quite frankly. But, you know, we're in, I think, 114 or 117 countries. That's um incredible. The biggest challenge I have with the business is holding back on the reins. Sure. Um, You know, with the requests we have for international right now, we've been around for six months, is just tremendous. We're trying to grow the country in pockets. And in our first year here, you know, really my goal is to have about 20 franchisees that purchased, you know, 45 to 50 units and probably have 12 to 15 open this first year. And we got to get that foundation underneath us. And um, you know, could we have gone out and sold a hundred? I think we could have. Yeah. But I'm trying to hold that back and, and make good choices. And the quality of the lead, I think, is just the most interesting part. It's either a fan that wants on the show, or a fairly well-heeled, uh, sophisticated investor that understands the power. of of tv right absolutely
0: and what makes la sunset different i've got to be familiar with a few of the tanning franchises out there and some have done well some have had problems what really makes la sunset you know different from some of the others
2: yeah you know as as you know in franchising i think eighty percent of the equation is putting the right person in there right and then getting the location right you know um i think our biggest difference is uh Obviously, movie stars aren't going to be walking into an L.A. Sunset Tan in uh, in Ohio, right. but what we're trying to do is, is what I would say create a celebrity experience. Mm-hmm. Um, our salons, if you walk into them, uh, is going to feel more like a day spa. You know, we don't have portable walls. We've gone to the higher-end beds that are much better for you. Uh, they don't burn like the old beds used to. And then we offer three different options of sunless treatments, Uh a couple uh, machines, one called the Caltan Tower, and the other one's uh, Versus Spa, that actually will condition your skin, tan you, and then do a post spray on you, and then dry you off. So people that are worried about UV rays but still want to look tan in their nightgown, or if they're going, you know, to the islands for a, for a vacation, you know, they can get that look and, and be in pretty good shape. But Clean and safe is important, a celebrity appearance and, and, and you know, really uh, experience and just being treated right, feeling good about yourself being in there is what we're trying to accomplish.
1: Right. right. Trying to give them the Starbucks experience, I think, is what you have mentioned. That's him. very he fair.
2: You, yeah. Uh, with you, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I and and you can't it. underplay the show. I mean, I don't go to the show first, but, you know, we have a 22-and-a-half-minute commercial on the e-channel 12 times exactly. a week usually sure. when we're in season. Absolutely. And it's just wonderful to drive people through the front door to <clears throat> go to a Sunset Tan and get that experience. Absolutely.
1: I recall in another interview with Devin, yeah, he, I think he got into this whole thing. Robert Redford always had a tan and a white shirt when he was going to
2: do an interview
1: or something like that. You know, it's a just thought that was very interesting.
2: Well, Devin tells a great story because uh, he's from the same. We're both Hoosiers. We're from oh, there Indiana. You okay.
1: <laughs> and Devin had
2: moved from Valparaiso, Indiana, went to California, couldn't wait to get out there, see the ocean. Well, he had moved to Fresno. <laughs> there you go. He wasn't close. And he couldn't see the ocean from there. <laughs> and it, it's kind of a great story to hear him tell it. And I went out there for the California experience. I end up in Fresno. And he started tanning there because he was going back to see people. And I said, Well, you've been at the beach? you know. Right. Uh, then moved down into the L.A. Valley and got into real estate, uh, met Jeff Boz, and, you know, they opened up on Sunset Tan in about 92, uh, 93 on Sunset Strip was their first store. So That's fantastic. Now, how big is the industry,
1: Mark, uh, for L.A. Sunset Tan?
2: I mean, the, the industry itself? or Yeah, the industry, I
1: guess, the tanning industry itself. Are there any numbers uh
2: you know, it's just like everything. It's just all over the place. Right, but, uh, right. You know, with that, it, it, it's kind of a segment that's kind of in the health and beauty. It, it's hard right. to, to separate those out. But, you know, there's probably about four or five major franchise players in the industry. Right. Um, unfortunately, with a lot of things, whether you're talking about handyman or, or maid services, you know, there's a lot of little mom and pops that throw some bad beds in the corner. Sure, Uh, You know, some gymnasiums that will put a bed in here here or there. But, you know, really getting it organized, you know, there's about uh, three or four franchises that are really moving forward. You've got your Hollywood tans out there. You've got your Planet Beaches going out there, uh, Palm Beach tan. And, uh, you know, we're very excited about moving forward with this. We went to the World Tanning Conference in October in Nashville, of all places, at the Opryland.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: And it was amazing, all the folks in the tanning industry. That's where we launched the franchise. And there was just literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people coming up to us, thanking us for really bringing tanning to the forefront again. That's great. Uh, you know, with the show and all that. And you, you can imagine at that tanning conference, 8,000 people. If you were in tanning, you are probably watching the show. Right. So, so these folks were literally rock stars down there. They we filmed for three days at the at the conference, and a lot of that footage you're going to see in episode one and two this year. So, that's great. wow.
0: So, Mark, asking the question, what's the most interesting thing that's happened to you? It's probably a lot of the TV stuff going on, or hearing Devin's stories.
2: You know, I have to. You know, I have to admit, I, I've worked with a lot of great franchises over the years. Uh, they've been very successful, profitable for the owners and things, but. You know, this one puts a smile on your face every day, uh, if you can imagine. Uh, Because what I'm trying to do is take pieces of the show and what they do nationally and and use that in the franchise system. I mean, we're really in a couple, three different businesses. We're in, you know, the entertainment business. Uh, We are starting a Miss Sunset Tan, kind of like the Hawaiian Tropic Contest nationwide. Uh, They will have a product line of clothing, clothing, and different types of suntan lotions and things like that. And then we have the franchise company. So there's a lot of moving pieces. Uh, it keeps me going every day. <laughs> That's fantastic. You
0: know, Mark, I predict you probably know this already, like maybe not another, uh, say, competitor, but I believe there's going to be some other franchise seeing the success of your franchise on cable, TV, and everything going on that they'll right. probably end up doing that also. Sure.
2: Or they'll want to do it, right. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you about, about the 20 or 30 calls I've received and say, hey, how can you get my franchise on TV? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's, uh, sure. it's an interesting place to be in, and obviously this was backwards. They had the business, they had the reality show going already when I showed up. Right And, you know, television, uh, as I'm learning from, you know, really these guys in that business, that you don't just walk in there. I mean, there's thousands of ideas. You can you remember the old Seinfeld when they were pitching their show about nothing?
0: Sure. <laughs> right. There you go.
2: Remember George and Jerry? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people pitching shows about nothing, I'm That's sure, fantastic. you know. Yeah. That's a good but, example.
0: Uh, so you mentioned how important the franchisee is to the success of the franchise system. Uh, so I'm sure there's... You certain characteristics you look for uh, for a n- new investor, a franchisee, Mark.
2: Uh, we really do. I mean, you know, if we're talking specifically about you know LA Sunset Tan, I'd, you know, I'm looking for somebody that that lives a what I would call an active and healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the same people that are going to a gym and working out, uh, people that are taking supplements, uh, people that are active uh, are really our customer. Right. You know, our our customer's not kind of a shut in that doesn't want to get out and so on and so forth. But so we're certainly looking for somebody that understands the lifestyle. You know, our investment, you know, depending on leasing and build out runs anywhere from three hundred to six hundred and fifty, so we need a fairly financially solid person. Right. And our concept really allows you to keep your job and transition into this by looking at our multi unit model where you can get managers in place and open up two or three and, you know, spend 10 to 15 hours a week sticking your head in and decide when to transition out of your business. And I'm sure you've had a few shows about the uh, economy, the word recession that's been thrown around, so on and so forth. And I really think a lot of people are going to be looking at kind of shoring their future up with a franchise opportunity this year. Sure, absolutely.
0: Yeah, definitely. Good times are bad, is always room uh, for franchise ownership, people getting downsized or, you know, whatever the case, yeah, we've had shows about that. You're right, Mark.
2: Uh, yeah, and i I just got to believe is, you know, if you have a good job now, you're not walking away from it. But probably a lot of the franchise concepts, that allow you to keep your job with, you know, I hate the word absentee ownership, but you know what I mean, less involved ownership right? and, and allow you to get this built in case times get tough. But, you know, I'm sure you're not seeing that with the real economic numbers, but, you know, with the election going on, it's doomsday out there.
0: So. <laughs> and, Mark, I, I only consider a few different, uh, a few different franchise businesses where you can have that. You know, you know, not as involved in the franchise, uh, you know, say, haircutting. But but, but I think tanning is, is one also. Do you accept that type of franchisee who you know, maybe is not going to be there on a full-time basis?
2: Oh, yeah, we certainly do. I, I mean, obviously they've got to identify a manager, how they're, how they're hooking that person in. But, right. you know, you're really looking at three to five employees to, to keep the salon open seven right. days a week. And, you know, in multi-unit ownership, the less moving parts you can have, uh, you'll be more successful. Right. So you don't really
0: look for business ownership experience in the past or real, uh, say, sales experience. Uh, those aren't a few things that, that maybe you look for?
2: Well, you know, this business is, and the way they've been successful with this in L.A. would be promotionally. Uh, they get out there. They get involved with the community. Um, you know, they get to pro- promo girls out on the street. They get involved with gyms. So this doesn't make you a storekeeper. Right. Uh, which I really like about it. You can get out and get active in the community. So we're looking for someone with a with a great personality. We also have an area representative program where you can buy several counties and have the rights to open up 30 to 40 units, selling those to franchisees and, and doing that. And currently I will not take anybody in that position that hasn't been an area developer and an area rep so we can provide the correct support. Right.
0: Well, with a great personality needed, I guess, Marty, you and I would be great franchisees for this. There you go.
2: Well, you guys would be (laughs) all over
1: this, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. I like how you guys are very selective, Mark, you know, and uh, I I think you mentioned you're not selling franchises. You guys are rewarding uh, franchises, which I thought was very interesting.
2: Well, you know, we've all said that in all of our careers, we've always wanted to really try to select the right franchisees, and I've done several interviews of people (laughs) saying, well, boy, this thing can go too fast, it can fall sure. apart, all of those different type of things. And the TV show and the lead flow that we're getting really allows me an opportunity to take, make a lot of choices it's true. Uh, about people. And, you know, we still take them through a qualification process, different things like that, to make sure that this is working. And we just have more to choose from, and we want to go slow and make sure we make those correct choices as we're doing that.
1: Right, right. What is the training like, Mark, for uh, new franchisees? I know uh, one time I mentioned, or you mentioned to me, that your discovery days are called like auditions. They're really interesting. It's it's
2: called audition day, yes, and you know that's kind of fun. The people fly in. We go to kind of a a new wave hotel in the uh, in the L.A. area, so they can kind of get that experience, and then we pick them up in a limo. We do a few store tours, go through more of a discovery day with a powerpoint at the office Uh, go over to the la sports club and and have lunch with them and they spend about two hours with the founders and the owners and then come back and uh, then we take them back to the hotel but the training for this is we do five days in one of our salons Mm -hmm. in training area in beverly hills and then once your store is ready to open we come back to your area for three days before your soft opening right you know, along with phone support and different things like that. And something we did that we wanted to make sure we protected the brand was we use one-source retail to do all the build-outs of our stores. Right. So we have, they, they stock 10 packages down in St. Louis. So when they go out and you get your white box ready, that they come in and do the build out so we have it branded and every, every salon will look the same. That's great.
1: Is there an ideal location? Mark, uh, that you envision?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the ideal location is you're looking for probably a strip center, 2,000 square foot footprint. Right. And I want to see a gym somewhere.
1: Right, absolutely. That makes sense.
2: Because, you know, kind of one stop. People will work out, then they'll tan, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of one stop shopping for them. Right. So yeah, that would exactly be ideal. Right. The closer you can get to the gym, sure. I think the better off you are.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I bet you the grand openings are a lot of fun. Oh, with yeah. uh, the type of theme and you know what what your franchise is all about.
2: Well, they really are. You know, we actually have the owners escrow fifteen hundred fifteen thousand dollars, and then we put in as corporate ten thousand dollars into that, so they have a twenty five thousand dollar grand opening package. That's great. And we have the cast members come out also.
1: That's fantastic.
2: So we put our PR people into the market. We get the advertising, radio, TV, billboards, whatever it takes. And we really want to get these franchisees off to the right. What I call that ninety-day critical period. Right.
0: Well, you know, hopefully you'll you'll have some New Jersey and Pennsylvania soon. My background with the name Johnson Swedish, very fair-skinned. I need some color. oh you
2: <laughs> you, know, you, will, you know the funny thing is you will only get so dark. We get people that keep tanning, and you know, if you're Irish or Swedish, you're only going to get so dark. Right, right. right. You know, you, you only can go so far. Well, we're going to take care of that for you because we should be opening around May. First to the 15th in the Ramsey area in Bergen County.
0: Wow, that's excellent. Incredible, yeah. Where well, I have roots up there where I was born with the college. I'm more down in central Jersey. I'm, I'm sure the.
2: Well, we'll work now. our way down there, but again, we're pocketing, and you know, you talk about the quality of a franchisee. Our franchisee's name is Inez up there, yeah. and she worked for a day spa and right. ran a day spa that has a customer list of 30,000 people. in... And make sure so, four to six hundred people a day had a great experience.
1: That's fantastic. And
2: those are the kind of people, you know, as you ask about our operators and, and who they should be. You know, here's somebody that understands pampering.
1: Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, so we're real
2: excited about that. New Jersey was a little bit off the beaten path for us, but
1: right. her and
2: her future husband purchased four units up there, and they're going to be opening those up in the next two and a half years. So.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. And was she a fan of the show too, Mark? She and, was. That's she incredible. Was.
2: That's yeah, amazing. again, being in that business, you know, she caught it. Right. About half of our franchisees have been a fan of the show. Most of the guys don't admit being a fan, by the way. They're like, they're like <laughs> I oh, my it. wife watches this, and I <laughs> exactly. happen to That's what look I over her shoulder, you know. <laughs> so you guys are pretty brave out there. That's what I've
1: been saying. <laughs> yeah, I heard you. Yeah,
2: everybody says, oh, no, I don't watch the show. but My boy,
1: wife watches but. it, and she turned me on to it. <laughs> right, right.
2: But very interesting, very provocative uh, in yeah. some cases but Absolutely. you know it's, it became the number one show on E after our first five episodes we passed the girls next door. That's right. Yeah. Over 30 million people and, and like I say about 14 different languages.
1: It's incredible. What, is, what would a typical day be like for an L.A. Sunset Tan uh, franchisee mark?
2: Well you know if it's an owner operator they're obviously uh, you know the hours are, are a little long in the salons quite frankly. If you're by a gym you want to match up to their hours. So right. if that gym's opening at 6 in the morning, you probably ought to be opening at 7. That
1: makes sense, yeah.
2: Uh, but, you know, really a typical owner is going to make sure, you know, before they go home at night they're going to clean the salon up. It'll be ready for opening in the morning. Uh, you know, this this business surges in the morning, uh, kind of a lunch hour, and then again after work. Again, if you think of a gym, that's the same kind of cycle. Uh, they would be working with their employees. Uh, the owner should be out marketing, not standing behind the counter. Uh, you know, working with promotions with different gyms uh, and different things like that. Uh, you know, they get big into, if you think about weightlifting and, and bodybuilding and aerobic shows, those people are pretty tanned. Absolutely. So, you know, you can work there by setting up booths. And I think one of the unique things we have would would be our portable spray tan, where we will actually go to somebody's home and, you know, I always, uh, you know, the easiest way to explain it, and Devin and Jeff would probably shoot me, but you guys are familiar with old Shive or Mako.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Sure.
2: Uh, we actually have a hand spray gun that we can go and actually spray people just like you'd be painting a car. And you can really define the body that way, really get a right. very even tan. And, and that's something we actually take two people's home for them and cater to them. A little booth pops up and you spray them and put it down and off you go
1: yeah I've seen that on one of the episodes Mark actually where they went to a celebrity's home I think and they were I think using that spray thing you know yeah exactly
2: and it, that's really becoming very popular we can do that in in the salon itself or if if your request was to come to your home we can do that also
0: General old used to say I'll paint any car any color for I think it was a couple hundred dollars you guys you know, I'm a lot older
2: than you then because I remember when they used to say $29.95 you know <laughs> when I lived in
0: You'll so. <laughs> spray paint any body, any color at the tanning. There you
2: go, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, the sunless, you know, the tanning in the beds, depending on the package you buy, usually is anywhere from 8 or $10 a tan to $25. Right. And then when you get into the sunless, which really, you know, if you spray about once every 10 days to two weeks, you'll keep a tan as anywhere from 35 to oh say eighty to eighty-five dollars, depending uh, you know whether it's a hand or a machine doing it. So
0: wow, so it's even the spray uh, that that can last that long. With you know there could be a whole bunch of showers, people bathing between that. I guess that stuff just stays on the skin.
2: Right, and then there is a pigment in it that you know there's there's two ways to do it. When you first tan, you can have either become tan immediately, or you know over the next four to five hours, it actually brings the color out of your skin. So You just have to stay out of the shower for, you know, four or five hours, and after that you just kind of function normally. You're not going to, you know, you're just not going to wash that off.
0: That's great.
1: That's great. Mark, we have about one minute. What's the best way to get more information on you and uh, the L.A. Sunset Tan franchise opportunity? Any websites that you'd like to plug?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, always the easiest thing is to go to our website, which is www dot LA sunset tan dot com or nice. just sunset tan dot com.
1: That's fantastic. And we've got all
2: the information on there. You can request information or you can uh, give us a call.
1: That's great. We'll put a link up on our website as well, Mark, you know, so people can easily get access to the, those websites. And uh, I want to thank you. You've been a fantastic guest. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Don and I would like to have you back in another six months and just keep following this success of this, this great opportunity.
2: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be on, and, and hopefully we can talk again.
1: Yeah, keep up again, the good acting Mark. work, Mark. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Well You have to
2: watch. I'll be on again this year. So oh, that's fantastic. Ready. And if your wife is watching it, make sure you see it, okay? There you go. <laughs> <I
1: will. laughs> Thanks a lot, Mark. All, all right. Have a great you. day.
2: Bye-bye. Bye now.
1: Great show, huh, Don? Yeah,
2: I mean, just another uh,
1: great opportunity, you know, and uh, I I think these guys are going to be really big. Uh, Again, you know, they're going to be, I think they're positioning themselves, uh, you know, like Starbucks did, you know, I mean.
0: uh, Yeah, but, you know, what a great problem to have. He's getting too many leads, and the TV show is generating so much interest that they can kind of really be careful in who they're picking and choosing to be a franchisee.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a unique situation. You know, again, he's been doing this, uh, I think Mark mentioned, like, 28 years. I mean, he's never seen anything like this before, you know, and I suspect, uh, you know, that they are kind of like pioneers. You know, a lot of other franchises are going to want to do the same thing. Oh, know? yeah. They're probably approaching E! saying, you know what, let's do a show on this, let's do a show on that. Well, you and, see what
0: happens on TV, there's a successful reality show, there's a bunch more. Now, recently we've got the game shows going on TV, but... Yeah, I always love hearing people's stories on how they got into franchising and him him getting into that decorating den, home furnishings and um, you know, just one thing leads to another.
1: Absolutely. He has a lot of great experience, you know. So good for him, you know. He's he's a really good guy. I've had the opportunity uh to speak to him on several occasions over
0: the years, you know. I don't know if he remembers yeah. me but well, uh, you saw the uh the article about them at Franchise Times a couple of months ago. So you wanted article, to have them on it? and then I got to meet uh them at the franchise show and
1: uh, I forgot to mention that article, because it, it was a great article. Nancy wrote that, you know, and I remember she, that, in fact, I'm looking at it right now, she started off, do you enjoy tanning? That's, that's the first sentence, you know, and that's the first question L.A. Sunset Tan Productions asks uh, prospective franchisees in its sales brochure survey. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, um, you know, and I, I like the whole location factor. It makes a lot of sense, too, you know, being... Uh, uh, next to a gym, you know, it seems like they're kind of going after right uh the same market, you know. So uh just very interesting. You know, it kind of reminded me of too, You remember the um uh franchise we had on it was, it was about 2 months ago. It's Elements for Women. Um right. You know, kind of like they were like doing this upscale kind of thing. You know, I thought that would be a good match. Uh right, we had you know, Chris I mean, on the show. Right? Yeah, Chris, I think it was Chris Palumbo, you know? Right. I mean, located right next to them or an element is being located next to uh an LA sunset pan, you know it just makes a lot of sense so i i think these guys are going to be really big you know and i'm looking forward to as mark said watching over my wife's shoulder as as she's watching the show yeah, i'm going to start watching the
0: show and i am going to admit that i that i am a you are, yeah. happy viewer yeah i, t- I
1: tell you it's a, it's it's really it's a very interesting show even from an entrepreneurial perspective you know i mean that's that's how i you know took the show you know and uh uh, you know the girls on the show are beautiful i mean they 're just uh you know you, you can definitely get sucked into the show you know it's uh uh so great so i 'm looking forward to meeting them. Uh, I forgot to ask Mark if he was going to be in Washington at the
0: um, yeah they 're on the list i 'm pretty sure but yeah we, you know we're not sure about him, but I know the company's going to be
1: right right, but uh you know we'll have to go over and uh you know shake their hands you know and introduce ourselves but uh great concept I expect you know great things from them so uh another great show.
0: Yeah, good job, Marty.
1: Thanks, Don. I uh, will have another great show next week, and uh, we're actually going to post uh, some of the upcoming shows uh, over the next uh, uh, month that we have going on as well.
0: Right. You remember, go to FranchiseInterviews.com, see all prior interviews and shows we've done. Also, <laughs> go Franchise.com, and check out our show page on Blog Talk Radio as well. So,
1: Absolutely. Well, great job, Don, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.